This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hey, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. You are about to meet a dad who has been forever changed by his famous daughter and her death. Yet he is reborn in his new work, running the Amy Winehouse Foundation. Mitch Winehouse, an incredible singer in the style of Frank Sinatra, is coming to perform in Westchester November 9th and to attend a tribute to his daughter on November 10th. That's happening at the winery at St. George in Mohegan Lake. The tribute to Amy Winehouse on the 10th is a fundraiser for Amy's foundation. Amy was whip smart, reading at age three. She had a photographic memory. The last thing she recorded was a duet with Tony Bennett. The song won a Grammy in 2012, seven months after Amy died of alcohol poisoning. Today, her foundation is helping thousands of young people live a richer, fuller life. Mitch Winehouse said Amy got her intelligence from her mother's side of the family and her musical senses from him. Where did he get it? Well, you know, I grew up in a house where, when I was a little boy, we never had television. Nobody had television in those days. You know, so everybody was listening to the radio and the radiogram and records. And, um, you know, my mum and dad loved Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughan. You know, and as I got older, as I got older, obviously, um, I started listening to the Beatles and things like that. But, you know, I grew up with jazz in my, in, in my home. And now... You're doing wonderful things, not only with your own career, but also with what you're doing with your daughter's foundation. Can you tell us about the foundation? Well, the foundation was created literally the um, uh, the, uh, the day she passed away. And, um, uh, and obviously that was very difficult for us, but we decided that we would, uh, we would create a foundation in her name. We have a foundation in the USA, by the way. So we have two projects in the USA, one in Florida, at the Dreyfus School of Performing Arts, working with disadvantaged kids, and also uh, in Brooklyn. So we have the Brooklyn Conservatory of Music, working again with disadvantaged kids. Uh, we've got two or three projects in the Caribbean, again, working with well, everything that we do is with disadvantaged kids, uh, phys- physically handicapped kids as well uh, in uh, the Caribbean. And our three big projects in the UK are Amy's Yard, which is uh, a music program working with kids, Amy's Place, which is when women come out of rehab, they've got nowhere to go, and they might have to go back into an abusive house. We've created Amy's Place, where we've got a 16-bed unit where people can, young young ladies can come and relax, they're not under any pressure, and they can recover in a, in a, in a fantastic environment, get themselves well, etc. But our big um, project is the schools project. It's called the Amy Resilience Program. And in the last three years, We've addressed over 300,000 kids about the dangers of alcohol and drugs and other things that affect young people today. So, you know, in the uh, seven short years that Amy's been gone, we've all done quite a lot of work and we've created a lot of projects. You're helping women, young women in need. You're helping kids who are disadvantaged. You're helping kids with disabilities. It is so hard to be a young person anywhere on the planet today. It's so hard to be an incredibly talented young person too, you know, uh, which was, which was 
Amy's situation, she was a very smart girl, yes? Oh, she was incredibly intelligent. You know, you only got to look at her, uh, at the songs that she wrote to see how intelligent she was. She had a photographic memory, so she never forgot anything. She was smart with everything that she did. Brilliant at maths. Uh, but, you know, the problem is, at, at normal school, that's not down to me. The singing is, is, is my side. Amy's mum, Janice, all her family, they're all scientists and doctors. They're all brilliant. And, you know, and, and she got that from them. But at school, she was she was quite disruptive because it wasn't challenging for her. You know, she could read when she was three. Yeah. And, of course, when she goes to school at the age of five, they're teaching them how to read. Do you understand what I mean? Right. She was always sort of two or three years ahead of everyone else. But, you know, she got there in the end. It's not like you know a dozen people like her. You really don't ever meet anyone. She was a singular kind of person. You know, she must have felt, I would think, out of place at times, even with all her brilliance and all her talent. I don't know whether she felt like a fish out of water because she had so many wonderful friends as a child and growing up and, and even in her darkest times she had a wonderful you know wonderful friends who stayed with her and supported her her whole life uh, and I'm not even sure that she un- well I know for a fact that she didn't understand her, her own abilities it sort of it, I don't think it ever occurred to her that she was smart and it certainly never occurred to her that she was a great singer and a, and a, and a great writer because she, we spoke about it she's and she said to me, I'm quite, I'm quite good, aren't I, Dad? And I said, well, you're, you're fantastic, darling. Look, you're number one all over the world. She never really understood. Well, in a way, that's very good. She never lost the, you know, all, all the, the, the things that were important to her, even when she was number one all over the world, was her family and her friends and, you know, and, and, and music, believe it or not, was maybe three or four on the list. Really? It was never, and, and, and in a way, that kind of, makes it even more incredible because, you know, like Carol King sits at the, even now, sits at the piano for six hours a day, you know, tinkling and, and I you know, I knew did never did anything like that. She'd she say, Oh, I must write an album now and she'd go away and three weeks later she'd write an album. So, you know, obviously she wasn't very prodigious, you know, there wasn't an enormous amount of work. Yeah. Wow. For the re- for for that particular reason, because she'd never sit down and actually concentrate on it. And um you know, and every now and again, a light would go on in her head, and it, she'd say, "Oh, I must write an album." And you know, I took her on. We were, we had a house in Spain, and we we sat around the pool in Spain, and she's playing chords on the guitar, and then she'd be in her room at night writing and playing chords, and that's where she wrote. That's where she wrote most of Black, Black to Black, sitting around the swimming pool, because she wouldn't let songwriting get in the way of sunbathing. That was more important than anything else. <laughs> so she kind of combined the two. Wow. It's so wonderful to hear you tell these stories. And the world so wants to hear these stories. Young people today are just discovering her music. And and older people today are just discovering her music. And her music will, of course, you know, fill the world for a very, very, very long time. What is it you want people to know about her? I think the important thing is, is her music legacy kind of, looks after itself. You know, I've just come back from Prague. I just made a, a, an album in Prague uh, with a friend of mine uh, celebrating 120 years of George Gershwin's birth. So he's 120 years old. He looks great, but, mm. you know. Um, what I'm saying is, is, is that the songs that we hear of George Gershwin today, Rhapsody in Blue, all of those beautiful, they're writing songs of love, but not for me, those songs, they're nearly a hundred years old. They're still playing them today. And 
my point is, is is that beautiful music is timeless. Amy's music will be played a hundred years from now. George Gershwin, Tchaikovsky. doesn't matter what the genre is. Mm-hmm. Beautiful music is beautiful music. Now, you can't say the Beatles will be played in a hundred years' time. You can't say that about a lot of other modern artists. And so the music legacy looks out for itself. What we're doing at the foundation, and believe you me, it is inspired by Amy, and it's di- directed by Amy. You know, my feeling is she's with us all the time, and I feel her presence, you know, I feel her energy, and, you know, how did we create what we did in the space of seven years? It's, I look at it, well, I was talking to my wife at lunch today, and I said to her, how on earth did we do this? And, and, and Jane says to me, well, just us, it's Amy as well. And I said, you're right, you know, because she's certainly impelling, if that's the right word, propelling um, us to, to do these things, you know, these these things, these were the kind of things that she was doing before she passed away. So it's not as if when she passed away, we thought, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to, you know, the charity going to be for horses? Is it going to be for donkeys? Is it going to be for dogs and cats? You know, the thing that was needed in this country was, as you quite rightly said, there are so many young people struggling in this country to eat, to get work, you know, all the same kind of things that's happening in your country. It's a mirror image. And, you know, these were the things that Amy was concerned about when she was alive. You know, she took a homeless person into a home. She was working with kids before she passed away in, in, in the Caribbean, in St. Lucia. That's why we're there. When she passed away, it wasn't an enormous leap for us. You know, we didn't have to say, oh, what are we going to do? We, she'd already kind of started the foundation. Right before she passed away. And, and and her legacy will not only now be music, it will be, you know, we get letters every day, literally, from people that said, Amy saved our life, saved my life. You know, she said, her music saved my life, or you came to a school, uh, we have people in recovery who go into schools and talk to the kids. You came into my school, and I was at the end of, at the end of my tether, I couldn't go on, and then I spoke to your your young lady or your man and now this has happened and that's happened and it's it's really changing many thousands of people's lives that's her legacy as well yeah and you know there really does feel to me like there is some kind of a divine hand here because she's doing in seven years since she's passed she's done such a tremendous amount of good through all of these foundations. Exactly. It's it's really, it's kind of mind-boggling. Well, I was a, have you ever been to London? Yes, I have. Well, I, I was a London taxi driver. You know, those people that drive the black taxis around. Yes. That was my profession. And I was the worst London taxi driver. I never went to work. You know, I played golf. Whatever I did, I didn't drive the, the taxi. You know, to, and to get a license in London is a big deal. And, you know, I spent a lot of time with Amy, obviously. And since she's passed away, I have changed. You know, in some respects, I've changed for the better uh, in, in that I am able to work um, and, and our family, we work without, well, how can I explain it? It's not even an issue for us. Yeah. You know, to come to the office to go, now, of course, we wish she was here and we wish we weren't doing this stuff, but we are doing She's not here and we are doing this stuff. So I've gone from a lazy guy who never went to work. Um, I used to sing, obviously, but, you know, uh, because I was singing while I was driving, because years ago I was a professional singer mm-hmm. and I never earned any money and that's why I became a taxi driver. You know, so I was kind of still doing that kind of stuff. Uh, and yet I've gone from this lazy taxi driver who sang 
to somebody who still sings that, you know, I'm in the office all day today, I've had three meetings, tomorrow I'm going to, because we've got our gala on Thursday, I've got meetings tomorrow. You know, we've all changed. Yeah. And we've all changed um, in some ways for for the worse because we've lost our, our child. But in other ways, we've changed for the better. Yeah. Look at the, you know, I, I believe in karma and I believe in trying to make the best out of what we've got. And we've certainly made the best out of what we've got. Absolutely. And I have heard it said, I don't know if this will resonate with your heart, but I've heard it said that there are certain of these special people on earth and sometimes they leave us early because they can affect more and make more change from the other side. And it certainly feels like that has is what's happened here when you think about the thousands and thousands of people whose lives have well, been that, touched I, by these foundations. Well, that, you know, I can't deny that that's true. Um, I, yeah, well, I, 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 you know, I agree with you. But it's, it's just so terrible that she's not here because we could we could have been doing this stuff while she was here right. she was doing this stuff while we, while she was here but she's not so there's right. no point in even no point in even talking about it she's not here and we we just have to carry on and make the best of it and and you know i you know i, I did a show last night in london it was a really great show you know i was talking about this stuff to the audience and, and i remember when amy passed away I said to, to her mum, Janice, I said, you know what? If we can help one person, one family not go through what we, we went through, that would, be, that would be a job well done. But we haven't. We've, we've literally helped thousands of families and literally hundreds of thousands of young people. So that's an incredible thing. But we've got to find a way where we can make more money so that we can help more people. Okay. Well, I'm here to help you in Westchester and the Hudson Valley in New York. Get the word about out about supporting the Amy Winehouse Foundations and all the initiatives. And you are coming to Westchester to Winery at St. George. It is a wonderful, yeah. unusual, funky little old place. It used to be a church, as a matter of fact. And your evening there, coming up soon in November, is going to be quite a wonderful night, Friday, November 9th. Now, will you be performing by yourself with a band tell us what the evening will be like i'm going to be performing with a house band we've sent we've sent over our music so you know all the charts have been sent over and the house band is the same makeup as my band which is a seven-piece band which they've got there from what i've seen they sound like a fantastic band so i'll be doing two sets uh, and then the following night on the 10th we've, we've got the Amy fundraiser so I'll be there for two nights I'm really looking forward to it it's going to be great wow. just worried that it's going to be, be cold though but <laughs> alright well you know we're having a pretty mild fall so far so we'll hopefully we'll have, yeah, we, us too. We'll have no snow for you for November 9th and 10th now will you yes. be doing American Standards original tunes that's what I do uh, you know not original tunes uh, you know I've got a, a song that I wrote for Amy I'll bring that with me but apart from that, it's, it will be the songs that everyone knows and loves. Yeah, you know, and I do, I do a couple of Amy, well, they're not really Amy songs. I do Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow. You know, I do Body and Soul as a duet, but there's no one to do a duet with, unless you want to do a duet with me. <laughs> I don't think people would enjoy that very much, but I will be in the audience okay. to cheer right. you on. That's for darn sure. Cool. <laughs> So there'll be, be the love, the, you know, the lovely songs that we all know and love. And what do you know about the fundraiser the next night? Well, all I 
know is, is that it's a fundraiser the next night, you know, so the night is going to be put on in tribute to Amy, which is a wonderful thing, as a fundraiser. I'll be bringing up some friends to support. It's a funny thing, I have to tell you very, very quickly, you know, because I do quite a lot of shows in New York, and, you know, uh, my friends in Manhattan, they won't even come and see me in Brooklyn. So, you know, when I... You know, when I said, when I said, you know, oh, I've got a show in, in, I thought the winery was in Manhattan. So I said, yeah, we're all coming. Fantastic, fantastic. And then somebody called me up and said, have you actually seen where this place is? So I said, no, it's Lake Mohican or something. Right. I said, you know, no disrespect. We love you, but we're not coming. It's too far. Yes, those oh, New York City musicians, they're not traveling up the Hudson. No, no, no. The train no, no. doesn't go to Lake Mohegan, but that's okay. You're going to have a full house anyway. And then will you catch Terrific. a gig in the city after that, or you're heading back home? I'm doing an album in New York with uh, Tony Bennett's ex-accompanist, a guy called Lee Musica. Lee uh, is a, a great pianist and a composer, and we're in the middle of doing an album together. We've done the six tracks. We need to, to work out another five or six tracks, so I'll spend some time with him. I'm not planning on doing any more shows, but something something might turn up. In the first instance, come along and see the shows. They're going to be two fantastic shows. Come along and see the shows. You know, we'll, we'll all get to say hi to each other and we'll have a good evening, uh, two good evenings. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be chatting to people about how they can support the foundation. Beautiful. All right. Thank you, Mitch Winehouse. This has been a wonderful education and we'll have a, a glorious celebration of your music and hers for two nights at Winery St. George, November 9th and 10th. Anything else our listeners need to know? I don't think so. I'll see you soon. I'll see you in November. Mitch Winehouse house amy's dad he's an incredible singer and he'll be singing standards at the winery at saint george november 9th and then there's a tribute show to amy the following night tickets on sale now at thewinerystgeorge.com next a timeless message from nature as we shine on it's a great time of year to be outdoors enjoying local streams and rivers we assume these waters are safe and clean but for the most part no one knows that's a problem one we can do something about the isaac walton league of america can help us get started from stream cleanups to simple water quality tests visit iwla.org radio today that's iwla.org radio do you want to know what you can do right now to improve your life first start thinking about what's right not what's wrong whatever you focus on expands so focus on the good stuff second before bed think of five successful things you've done that day no matter how minor they might seem third forgive yourself we all make mistakes acknowledge any errors and move on four make at least one decision based on how it makes you feel most of us have learned to tune out our intuition and focus only on the rational mind your feelings often lead you in the best direction. Fifth, act as if you're living the life you want with conviction and certainty. Live as if everything is all right. You'll be amazed at how life shifts to accommodate this new view. Sixth, speak well of other people, especially the prosperous, healthy, and beautiful. Don't gossip or complain. Your words have more power than you know, so be kind. You'll see the benefits almost immediately. And finally, let someone do something for you. You know how good it feels to be thanked for something you've done. Give someone else the chance. Just say thank you and mean it. Follow these simple guidelines and I promise your life will begin to improve right now. You can find out more about improving your life or developing certain skills by visiting www.liveandlearnguides.com. 
Hi, it's Casey. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in today. We have a life coaching circle of support Monday night at Mariondale and Ossining. Get details at Casey.co. Come for a little brainstorming session. I am hosting a day of healing for women who have been physically or sexually assaulted. That's happening on November 11th. And on November 15th, an evening with psychic Priscilla Kerasi. Get all the details at Casey.co. Now, Sandra Mendelson is here. She talks to the animals. Actually, they talk to her. Sandra says the animals communicate with her when she's called in to administer some therapy to a horse. The horse can tell her what the stressing situations are around the barn. And Sandra says she can also channel, that is, she receives messages from entire species that want to share their wisdom. Here's what she's learned lately. In the second half of your life, it isn't so much about making up, as the rhino says, kicking up a lot of dust and making your mark on the world. It's about your spirit taking over more of your body. It's less about pleasing the body and acquiring things. It's more about the following, and this is also how to stay young and energized. It's about focusing truly on the beauty in yourself and others and realizing what you bring to the world. You don't have to prove it anymore. It is less about form and more about spirit, about being in a receiving mode and going haha, slower, if you will, to enjoy more of life. If you listen to the animals, it is bending more time with animals and with children because their light is so bright and it reminds us of our true nature. The more we hang around them and follow their lead, the more we get down to the most important aspects of life. Loving, giving, receiving, gratitude, all the things we talk about and we aim for, but we never make any conscious decision to, to flip a switch and say, okay, you know, I've been breaking my butt for 50 years. Stop. The learning continues in a different way. So animals animals don't, you know, they also obviously don't focus on form. You know, we only see things crumbling and falling apart. Jane Fonda recently was uh, did a great interview saying we focus on entropy. And she's in her third segment of life at 80. And she's learning things she never did before. And so the animals do it the same way learning different things. Stop looking at it as decrepit and I'm not what I was. No, you're in a new phase and you're going to learn things you couldn't learn before. Sandra Mendelson, she talks to the animals and she has a few books coming out for kids too. Visit smendelson.com. We don't believe the future can wait for the future. We are City of Hope doctors. We advance science that saves lives. City of Hope research has led to the development of synthetic human insulin and four of the most widely used cancer-fighting drugs. We are maximizing the potential of immunotherapy and making precision medicine a reality. We have performed more than 13,000 bone marrow and stem cell transplants with unparalleled survival rates. With three manufacturing facilities, we can turn laboratory discoveries into new therapies faster. Today, we are pioneering stem cell therapies for patients with cancer, diabetes, even autoimmune diseases. It's not enough to promise patients a future cure. We must find it now. For over a century, we've been driven to discover the answers that don't exist. Find out more at cityofhope.org. Hi, it's Casey with some dates to consider this Monday night. We're at Mariondale in Ossining, 6.30 to 7.45. It's called the Life Coaching Circle of Support. Whatever it is you're working on, come, let's talk about it, brainstorm. 
I might even give you a little homework to do to get you closer to your goal. On Sunday, November 11th, I'm back at Mariandale in Ossining for a two-hour event for women who have been physically or sexually assaulted. This healing event may just help you through these troubling times. And then on Thursday, November 15th, an evening with psychic Priscilla Kerasi at Mount Carmel Hall in Verplank. As always, a fundraiser for the scholarships. All the details are at kc.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Our thought for the day is from American novelist and speaker Jim Rohn, who said, We must all wage an intense, lifelong battle against the constant downward pull. If we relax, the bugs and weeds of negativity will move into the garden and take away everything of value. Battle on and shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.